Hello and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. I'm your host, Scott Challoner, this morning, and I'm delighted to say that on my, my show this morning is Elliot Grove. Um, Elliot, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for taking the time to join us on the programme. Oh, my pleasure. It's, um, I'm flattered. <laughs> for, anyway, those, yeah. for those certainly unfamiliar with Elliot, um, he's the founder of the Raindance Film Festival and the British Independent Film Awards. Um, so fantastic company. It's a shame the uh, the weather isn't uh, matching um, to this morning, Elliot. But um, the creative industries, um, especially, um, they've been affected so much by the challenges of the last sort of 18, 19 months with the COVID-19 situation. Um, so just to kick things off, how has that affected you and affected some of the people that you work with in the sector? Wow, it was a train smash, I guess you could say, because all of our live events were suddenly cancelled or postponed, including last October, we were doing a hybrid film festival, and uh, we had Bahoo about to do their first acoustic gig in support of a short film they had scored, and that was the Thursday that, of course, John Johnson put us back into lockdown number two. What it meant is that we had to uh, repurpose all of our content, get everyone familiar with Zoom, and interesting things happened. Um, We were getting lots of people attending our training courses and the festival events from all over the world, from every continent, every city imaginable. So that was a benefit, of course, because you get new audiences. Um, The downside is now that we're back open again, many people are still fearful fearful of the, the health risks but hey we're going yes exactly um it is a little bit of um an iffy period isn't it where we sort of come out of the uh, the pandemic there's still that little bit of a risk there so there are one or two people that are still sort of reluctant to sort of go back into everyday habits from before and going out and enjoying themselves that sort of thing um you mentioned as well um some of the challenges of working with zoom and other remote platforms um just how was it sort of during that period sort of working uh, remotely and how did you sort of find that from a leadership perspective sort of communicating with uh, your teams? Well, you know, if you're used to coming to something on in person and suddenly it's going to be on Zoom mm. or another online platform, you need to show what the benefits are. So we partnered with a company called Canva and we were able to create really, really interesting graphics that people could share. Plus, if you attended anything online, there's all kinds of digital assets, trailers, PDFs and so on that um, people would get that you would not normally get in a in-person event. So we tried to make the value greater than or different than from an in-person event. I'm not sure that we always succeeded, but that's what we did. That's really positive to uh, to hear as well. And um, interestingly, something that's really come into the limelight of the national discussion over COVID more so than ever before, I feel, is the importance of mental health within sort of business environments, within leadership especially. And when you're sort of communicating remotely over a period of time, it can be difficult to sort of keep tabs on that, can't it? Because you miss certain social cues. And therefore, I think that inhuman interaction with everybody sort of seeing each other again face to face it's also been incredibly important from that perspective now that restrictions have sort of gone for the time being hasn't it well yes being aware of mental health issues i have close friends who you would describe as normal i suppose in every way suddenly we're finding it very difficult to cope with the isolation so again back to our online uh 
processes here. We've tried to create as many smaller, more intimate uh, meetings online where people could openly discuss their issues and, and get the support of their fellows in the creative industries. And the creative industries, it was a horrible thing because all the film production stopped. And then when it started again, because of all the COVID restrictions, the cost of making films has risen 15, 20% mm. with all the extra crew and the extra whatever. Uh, that, that made it um, a challenge from the financial point of view too. But on the, the upside, again, always looking at the upside, some of the smaller, more independent films that were ready in the last year suddenly had a marketplace because the big industry productions had stopped. So some of these smaller films without the big name were suddenly getting audiences that they wouldn't have had perhaps otherwise. Mm. And it just goes to show, doesn't it, there's an opportunity within every single crisis that comes our way, and it's about sort of how you respond to that, how you look for the opportunities. And those smaller operators within the industry, they certainly sound like they've done that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's true. Every cloud has a so-called silver lining. The problem is, can you see into the cloud without getting wet being at rain dance? Yeah, it's absolutely right. And um, it is going to be a little bit of um, an uncertain spell for sort of the big part of the industry at the moment, isn't it? Because costs have gone up, as you say. Um, we're unsure as to whether restrictions are going to ever make a comeback. Of course, the government here really wants to try and avoid that. But there's always that element of uncertainty. So um, from your perspective, um, what do you think sort of needs to happen for the industry to thrive over the coming months as we hopefully look to navigate this winter? Well, it all comes down to distribution. And one thing that the lockdown has done, it has brought forward the streamers. So we, we were, if you think back two years ago, um, we were getting used to Netflix and the other streamers and so on. But because we were all locked in home, it probably would have taken 10 years to get to where we are today. So from a filmmaking point of view, to monetize your film, yes, cinema is possible. But these whole streaming window, the, the, the ability to put the films out on any one of the many streaming platforms has created a new opportunity and people are now, they're, they're not so resistant to watching things at home on their laptop or on a big screen. I think a huge opportunity for filmmakers, but also means that the stories and the production costs can be scaled down to fit these new platforms. And that is really exciting and an interesting creative opportunity. Mm, it certainly is. And with the rise of streaming, as we've seen over the last 18 or so months, um, do you think there'll still be a place in the long term for the cinema as we knew it and that side of the sector? Oh, I'm old school. There's nothing I like more than sitting in a room with 100 mm. other people laughing or crying at the same point in a movie. And I think the social aspect of cinema will always be there. And interestingly, too, the cinemas, the cinema owners that I know have really had to rejig their own uh, performance schedules, more comfortable seating, more snacks, more, again, value added, like Q&As, filmmakers that I know going around the country, cinema after cinema, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, meeting the people who come to enjoy their film and to question the time or the process that they had to use to make some of these wonderful films.
Mm, exactly, because people will always want that social and that immersive experience, won't they? And I think you're very right in what you said there, in that there are some people out there who have gotten a little bit sort of sick and tired of staying at home and doing everything online, and they want to get back out there. They've got the enthusiasm to go and use go to cinemas and spend their money and sort of immerse themselves in these film experiences and so it does seem as if there is always going to be a place for that but it is dictated largely by sort of people's attitudes toward the pandemic isn't it and sort of safety mm-hmm. that sort of thing exactly but the most common question i have from people who are very uh health adverse who worried about covid is they ask me this why do so many people on public transit not wear mask mm. and how come if that's so effective how come <laughs> there's not big red signs everywhere and it seems um well anyway this is a little off piece here but um people well it's the new normal isn't it and um we have to get used to this health uh, crisis and the economic crises and the, the the things that we did two years ago suddenly don't work anymore and that's a that's a great opportunity again trying to be positive it is, isn't it? Um, would you say, sort of taking everything into consideration, that COVID is probably the biggest challenge in recent years that the industry has faced, but also potentially the biggest opportunity for the sector as well? Yeah. Yeah, and, and here's another side of it too. There's so many films in production right now that there's not enough skilled uh, creatives to work on the films. About six weeks ago, Warner Brothers took a huge $200 million film out of the UK because they couldn't find makeup artists, you know, runners, camera operators, and on and on, which means I think what we've learned is that training, how, how to, to, to develop your own skills, whoever you are, whatever your interest is in, either the writer or the, uh, the costume designer, these skills are really, really essential to maintaining the very, very healthy film industry that Britain enjoys. Mm. And what's going to be incredibly important as well is that some of those sort of freelance workers within the industry who've perhaps had to move over into other roles during the uh, the pandemic to sort of keep themselves afloat because they sort of fell through the gaps in government support, they're going to need to be yep. enticed back into the industry, aren't they, and get back to doing what they know and love to help that industry thrive in future. Yeah, the number of creators I know who are delivery van drivers during COVID is shocking, really, and I'm sure they won't take a lot of encouragement. But I think, you know, as the industry develops and as we need more and more new people, it's the people currently in training who need to understand that there, there is a viable career mm. with all of the, um, the training support the government gives and all of the amazing amount of film production, a lot of it, by the way, by the streamers. The Netflixes of this world are making all kinds of new content um, that's not destined for cinema, but it's uh, it's filmmaking, and it's really, really exciting. It is exciting times, and you you never know, there may be somebody who is sort of a budding leader in their profession or young of the entrepreneurial mindset, and they may be sort of thinking, hey, a lot of people are moving into different sectors at this point in time following the pandemic. I may fancy myself in the creative industries, and if there is somebody like that, Elliot, out there that may well be tuning into this podcast today, um, what sort of advice would you actually give them to sort of get them to pick their head up and look for the opportunities and start on the road to success in the film industry? Well, first of all, you need to pick your area that you're interested in. Then you need to learn how to become the 
go-to person for that, be it zombie makeup or comedy writer one-liners or whatever it is that you have an aptitude for, you need to learn how to market yourself to the industry so you get paid work. Exactly, it is an finding simple. a niche. It's, mm. It sounds simple. It's, it is a lot of work. So your social media, your own marketing, your own network, and the film industry is not what you know, it's who you know. It is, isn't it? You've got to find your niche and then you've got to really sort of hammer that home, haven't you? You've got to sort of know the right people. And networking especially is probably one of the best things that you can do, isn't it? And that goes in any walk of life from a business perspective. It's about surrounding yourself with the right people, learning from the right people, and then using that to your advantage. Exactly, and, and the film industry is no different from automotive or health or education, any other industry. The, the, the rules, the basic rules are exactly the same. The product in, in the creative industries is different, of course. The monetization uh, strategy that you need to employ, whatever you're trying to do, is again not new it's just a different a different trick that you use in the creative industries and that's something that we try to uh explain in our education program here at rain dance film mm. festival Yes, certainly. And um, looking at the next sort of 12 to 18 months, I think there's no bigger sign than that the film industry is very much back with the James Bond release coming out now. Of course, it was meant for 2020. It was pulled because of COVID. And now finally, No Time to Die is out on our screen. So the sector is definitely back. And now that it is, um, what are some of your priorities at Raindance going to be over the next sort of 12 to 18 months as hopefully we navigate this next few months and we can leave COVID behind? Well, you know, Stephen, there's something that you and I share. You do this podcast, you basically tell stories. That's what Raindance does too. We are storytellers using the visual medium. And over the next uh, year, we're already developing uh, up branches. We have a campus in Dubai. We're about to open one in January in Mexico, in Guadalajara, the third city in Mexico. Um, and everywhere I go, people are interested in story. I don't care if you're advertising, wanting to put a new product, or if you have an idea to make a film about a whistleblower or someone who's suffering from social injustice. I mean, these are the types of stories that we, we major on at Raindance. It's a very, very exciting time. People are desperate for stories. Mm. We get news coming out of our, 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 we have news coming out of our Wahoo, but where's the story, the stories of hope, of inspiration, where the stories that show us how people live and love and work in different cultures, different religions, because cinema is the best way to take you or someone listening here to a different world and explain to them how people live and love and work in other cultures. And I think if we do that properly, it will help bring down this huge hatred we see in this world and this hideous polarization that we have. I took to prevent training on, on Friday this last week. And at the same time as that MP was stabbed to death, mm. I didn't find out about that for a couple of hours, but how, do, how can we, how can we look for these signs? How can we explain to someone suffering from radicalization story? 
that's exactly it. The film industry is so so powerful, and it can have such a profound effect um, yeah. on um, on that exact sort of thing. And it is a yeah. terrible tragedy, of course, what happened to the MP Sir David Armessa. We did report on that um, on Friday as well, and tributes yeah. have been poured in, and rightfully so. And uh, we do wish um, him, uh, his family, all the uh, the best in the aftermath of that, and also all of his parliamentary yeah. colleagues as well. And you are yeah. so so right, Elliot, about storytelling as well, and it's very, something that we're very much passionate about here at the Leaders Council. We sort of reach out to leaders in all walks of life across the nation because we want to hear their stories, their real life stories of success and of innovation as well and I have to say thank you ever so much to yourself from the film industry for coming over, joining us and sharing your story with us today, it's been an immense pleasure having you on the programme with us and also I think that as we start to understand more about how the film industry is sort of navigating its way sort of through this post-Covid world I think it would be great to actually catch up and have you back on the show with us just to see sort of how things are getting on at Rain Dance. It would be my pleasure. Our film festival starts on the 27th of this month, October, finishes mm. on the 6th of November. We have films from 121 countries, all of them compelling stories, mm. stories that will make you laugh or cry or weep or be scared, all different types of films. But one thing that you and I both know is we learn about life from stories. From mm. the time we can walk, we're told stories. And that's why I do what I do here at Raindown. Absolutely right. Stories are so, so very powerful. And it's a fantastic mission that you're on, of course, to project these stories out to as many people as possible. And wish you all of luck with the uh, the festival. And it sounds as if you've got plenty to get your teeth into over the coming weeks, Elliot. So best of luck. And I'm sure it'll be a <laughs> resounding success. Oh, I'm blushing now. Thank you so much for uh, having me on your show. Likewise, Elliot. Thank you for joining us and uh, do as well take care and stay safe with all still going on as well. You too. Thank you. It was a pleasure welcoming Elliot Grove from Raindance Film Festival and the British Independent Film Awards onto the podcast today. And if you would like to come onto the show and share your real life story with us, then by all means, please do visit leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply. And who knows, it could be you on the program with us next. It was a pleasure welcoming Elliot Grove from Raindance and the British Independent Film Awards onto the programme today. And I do hope that you all thoroughly enjoyed the interview. Um, until next time, I'll be heading back to my usual spot in the Westminster Arms and raising a glass to outstanding leaders in this world, such as Elliot Grove, who we had on the show today. And hopefully, as we enter the colder months of the year, we continue to, to keep taking strides towards more normal life and enjoy the freedoms that we have had restored in recent weeks. Um, remember, though, everybody, even though restrictions may be gone in England for the time being, do be vigilant, do look after yourselves and do be considerate of others because it does make such a key difference in keeping people safe and saving lives most importantly during this time take care and goodbye